You're listening to the expository preaching ministry of Kootenai Community Church, located in Kootenai, Idaho. We pray that Christ is exalted and your spirit is blessed by the teaching of God's Word. For more information about Kootenai Church, please visit us online at kootenaichurch.org. We have a few questions here. Okay. One of the questions was, how can we reconcile Abraham's un- unwavering faith, I've got my glasses on, um, with his decision to listen to Sarah and go into her maid to obtain an heir? There we go. I should have my glasses up. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to bring them to you. Um, well, I think, I, I, yeah, I've got my thing. I'm doing good. Um, so the, the reconciliation is really... Um, the word of God itself. So God's word says that he didn't waver. Um, God's word calls him a righteous man. But what do we know about the righteous? The righteous man falls seven times, but he rises again because it's the Lord who holds his hand. So it's not a perfect man. He's a righteous man because he puts his faith and trust in the Lord. So did Abraham blow it? Yes. I mean, that was not a good deal. And um, I have another session on that one. Um, but it's, um, so how do we reconcile that? Well, he's just like us. Um, are you, according to the scriptures, you are called a saint, a righteous one. You are called the holy one. You are, you are also called the afflicted, the humble. You, so we're all of those things. But when we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we become new creatures and we are made new. And, uh, Abraham trusted God. And he put his faith and trust in the Lord. And he didn't do it perfectly, but his hope was in the Lord. So I think that's probably the best answer, really. <laughs> Please repeat the quote from Ron Blue. Um, it was the one in Habakkuk, and it's actually in your notes. Um, so it's in your notes, and it's um, there's a footnote, bottom of the first page. Okay. So then somebody said, could you please repeat the quote that your husband said? So it's the one, if God isn't sovereign, then what is the point of living? If God is sovereign, then what is the point of worrying? Did that repeat it again? Do you want want me to say it again, or is that good? If God isn't sovereign, then what's the point of living? If God is sovereign, then what is the point of worrying? Did that one. Tell us about your available book. My available book. Well, I have. I've only written two yet. I'm working on a third. But um, so I have two books, and I thought I sent ahead um, my other book too, but I forgot. I guess <laughs> I don't know what, what I was thinking when I put those Tell together. Yes. So it's called God's Priorities for Today's Woman, and uh, it is on Titus two three through five. So it is all about. Um, and I started it because it was the prayer of my heart, Lord, how can I please you today? What can, what do I need to know? What are the bottom, what are the bottom line things that I know are going to be pleasing to the Lord that I can accomplish? In Titus 2, 3 through 5, 
our marching orders from the Lord. And so it is written in the same format as unmet expectations in that there's a chapter and then there's Bible study questions. So I always try to have those in everything that I do just because I want it to be a discipleship counseling um, ministry work through kind of um, resource for you. So that's uh, the first book. And then Unmet Expectations is here. Um, So you can get that. And um, it's also available on audio now. It just came out this last week on audio. So uh, you can also listen to it, which is pretty fun, especially if you, um, like my little mommy, have old eyes and um, she can't, the font's smaller in Unmet Expectations. So, um. And then my testimony. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home, neither uh, Jack nor I did. So we didn't know anything. My family was the family that goes to church on Christmas and Easter. And uh, so we, that was enough though, even for uh, me to uh, gain an understanding of God. I had a very strong sense that God was big and powerful and that he was holy, that he was the creator and that he had a son. And that son um, came to earth and he died on the cross for sins. I wasn't quite sure what, how that all inter- affected me, but I knew I did have sin. And I knew there were people who got to go to heaven, and I knew that I was not one of them. So I picked all that up from Christmas and Easter, um, which was good. But, you know, we didn't go to church, and but I had a desire for knowing the Lord. But I also had a strong desire to keep sinning. And so there was a lot of this back and forth stuff, um, and I think this actually what God was doing is through his spirit. He was quickening my spirit, drawing me near to him, and then I would reject him. And uh, that was all through my growing up years from about basically age 10 on up to age 18. And so I had started college uh, and had entered into college and, and the Lord just kind of threw me into a tailspin, all because of consequences of my own sin. So in my um, teen years, the Lord was really faithful to, because I had such a strong sense of sin, then my conscience would go off whenever I would um, sin, not necessarily like super great because I was an unbeliever. So, you know, um, I was still plenty naughty um, on my own. But there were certain sins that I've kind of felt like were the line. And when I would cross the line, my conscience would go off. And I, at one point in my teen years, I uh, was felt like I was frustrated with uh, the Lord because I would draw near to him and I would try to be good enough so he would let me into heaven. And um, I would try to do all the stuff that I thought would please him so that I could go to heaven. But then I couldn't ever maintain that. I couldn't do it because I was doing it on my own. I was, it was all my own works. And so I would fade away. And so that back and forth thing, I began to get frustrated with God. And I remember praying to him and telling him, I have been coming to you and I have prayed and, and you haven't done anything. You have not changed my life. And, um, so I want you to quit making me feel guilty about my sin. I should have just 
lightning bolt right then. Um, it was so, I am still amazed that he, how patient he was with me on that. Um, but he did remove the conviction. And so then I was able to sin with impunity and um, experience the consequences of that sin, um, went into a tailspin, all related to a boy, of course. And, um, uh, but really, just from that point, just began to um, make unwise choices in my life. And um, I was had just started at Boise State University. I was driving home after work one evening and planning and plotting all kinds of little nefarious things. And um, just the conviction from the Holy Spirit came upon me so mightily that I said out loud in my car, you are going to ruin your life unless you turn to the Lord. And then I almost looked around to see, like, is somebody else telling me that? But it was um, it was just the Lord. And so he uh, just kept drawing me to himself. But I didn't know what to read. We had one Bible in the house, and it was, uh, you know, like the, the living translation, you know, and it was tucked away and it had dust on it, but I went and got it and I didn't even know where to read. And I, you know, I thought I'd start at the beginning and then I realized I don't think that's where Jesus is. And so I knew Jesus is in um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I just read those, the gospels over and over again. And, but what I was looking for was for Jesus to say, if you want to get to heaven, kneel down, then bow your head, close your eyes and say, and then you will be saved. But Jesus didn't keep say that. What he kept saying was, if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. And my sheep follow me. And as I kept reading those, those gospels over and over and over again, God began to help me see that I had been trying to follow Jesus my way and that um, I was trying to still keep my life. I I wanted to follow the Lord, but it wanted, I wanted it on my own terms. And, and I began to just see, Lord, I have to give up everything if I, if you were going to be my God. And uh, I, at that point, the only church that we know to go, that we were going to at that point was by that point when I was 18 was this charismatic church, which I kind of, um, I would go and I kind of did not think that it was a good church. In fact, I knew it wasn't necessarily a good church, but it was the only church I knew to go to. And my parents were going to it as unbelievers also, but they had banners on the side. And so there was John eight thirty two that was on the banner and it said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so I didn't listen to all the mumbo jumbo that was going out there. Um, but I, I could fasten my eyes on John eight thirty two, And so I knew the Lord has the answers and he has the answer to setting my heart free. I, I was stuck in my sin and I didn't know how to get rid of it. So I just began to pray, Lord, I am going to become a Christian on January, and I think I chose a date. Um, in fact, I know I chose a date. I just can't remember the day. Um, but I, um, I was afraid that if I didn't choose a day, that I would do what I had done my whole life, back and forth, back and forth. And I wanted this time to be different because 
I had been praying, Lord, if you are real, you've got to change my life. I cannot live any longer away from you. And uh, so I began to, I was reading my Bible. I was trying to do everything I could do on the outside so God would know I was serious. So, you know, I was trying to keep my temper. I, I tried to quit swearing, you know, all the things. I broke up with the boyfriend, you know, everything I could think of that I thought this will please the Lord. So he will know that I'm serious and he will save me. And uh, during that time, so I was praying, then I chose the day, and I just began to pray, Lord, on this day, I'm going to become a Christian. You've got to get ready. Save me. <laughs> I didn't know what, I didn't even understand. I was so lost and in such blindness. But God used that time. It was a period of about almost a month and a half, two months, where God used that to winnow my motives, to help me come to terms with my sin, to repent of my sin. And actually, I was in church the Sunday before my due date <laughs> when um, they they had altar calls at this charismatic church. So um, I got up out of my chair and uh, went forward and... And I remember I was sitting next to my dad. My dad's like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and I, I felt like I had to go forward just so God would know that I was serious. I knew that going forward was not that that wasn't what was going to save me. It was just that I wanted him to know that I was willing to go in front of all of these people that were doing crazy things that I had no idea and I didn't even want to associate with them. But if it meant that I could know the Lord. I was willing to check my brains at the door if it if I could know him. And that's where I needed to get to. I needed my heart to be humbled so that I would follow the Lord. So um, then, then I still didn't know. I didn't feel different. And, um, and so I didn't know well, is my life different? And it was uh, three days later. So I went through three days of just despair. He, my life isn't different and he didn't, it's just the same. And there was such fear that I would not be rescued from my sin. And in that three days, I didn't read my Bible like I had been reading it. And so on the third day, I went and I read it and it was alive. It was different. And it was then that I knew that my life would never be the same ever again. And uh, so the Lord is just so gracious to little babies who don't know anything. And then he protected me. Um, the, all of a sudden, I remembered, oh, I actually know a Christian. I didn't know any Christians. But then I remembered, I've met a Christian. So I went and told this gal where I knew where she worked. I just became a Christian. I don't know what to do. And so she said, well, we're going to go to this conference where Josh McDowell is going to be talking about evidence that demands a verdict. Would you like to go? It's like, sure. And then, you know. And from there, um, it, I just got trained in how to have quiet time, spend time with the Lord, to grow in, in grace. And uh, the Lord is really gracious. He helps us. Yeah. And then I met my sweetie about three years later, and there it goes. <laughs> oh, this one. How has my day been going? I love this question. My day has been going great um, because of you all. 
and uh, just being able to, this is the best fellowship, isn't it? Um, where we get to spend time in the word, in prayer, talking about stuff that's real. I don't mind talking about wallpaper, but <laughs> if you give me my druthers, what I want to know is how are you doing in the Lord? Let's just talk about the Lord. How, you know, getting over our sin, what, you know, all of these things that are real. This is true Christian fellowship that happens here in the, these real conversations and they need to happen more. Um, they need to happen in Bible study and, and, you know, it is hard to have them in the foyer. But sometimes we even need to just jump in there if that's all we have time for. Um, so, you know, any way that I can be praying for you or, um, you know, we kind of kid around with of, at church about, so how are you struggling? You know, what struggles have you been having today? <laughs> um, but isn't that what true sisters in the Lord do? You know, how have you been struggling today? We, which goes on the assumption that we all have had struggles today. And then we're going to share them with one another. And then we're going to put our arms around each other and let's pray together or encourage each other. Or do you know, I was just reading in my quiet time today and this verse would, I think would be perfect to encourage your heart. Um, so. Yeah, how's my day going? It's been great. Oh, I like I just love being able to um be with you all. It's been really f- wonderful watching you. Um you know, you think that you've been watching me, but no. <laughs> and um you know, for me, no, oh, I always get teary at this part. But um uh when I I'm with you. You know, I only come for a little bit and you think, oh, you know, you forget about me, but I don't forget about you. And uh, so I take you home with me and I think of you and I pray for you and I, you are in my heart until the Lord allows me to see you again. Thank you for listening to the latest podcast from Kootenai Church. If you'd like to learn more about Kootenai Church or to donate to our church ministry, you can do so online by visiting KootenyChurch.org. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and pray you'll join us again next time. Once again, thank you for listening.